Well, America, clearly you need to come to Jesus Conversation, so get over here and Daddy Dave's gonna set you right. And, well, some of you have better get ready for a whooping. Hey, thanks for stopping by. This is Right All Week. I'm your host. My name is Dave. And if you would, please, you know the drill. Give us a like and a subscribe. And if you would, please also share us with your friends and family. And we not only would we be grateful, but some of them would also be thankful. And when we're happy and they're happy, you get to take the credit and it makes you look good. Also, if you want to check us out and engage with us on all the usual social media networks, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the recently added parlor, the username is at Right all week, and you can also send us an email. The address is rightallweek at gmail.com, and that's where you can get the right answer to any question you might have. Now, today it's time to talk about well, consequences. We need to see some imposed justice in some very important circumstances that are taking place around the nation right now because things are a bit crazy in the world. We are currently the only nation that seems to be still debating about whether or not we should be sending our children back to school. And even though the manufacturers of the face masks are saying, hey, these aren't actually going to do you a whole lot of good, we're still telling people in lots of places you absolutely have to wear them. And even though the experts that you're not supposed to be listening to are coming out with lots of studies saying, hey, the lockdown are actually not helping us. There are still people trying to say we need to stay locked down for a long, long time. And it is quite chaotic out there as more and more things are happening in the world around us. And I want to talk about the need for consequence, the need for sometimes imposed justice and the fact that we as humans, we expect that. So the first thing on my list of, uh, well, not necessarily heads that need to roll, but some kind of consequence. Back in March, we saw the lockdowns coming down because of this. One of the strategies that we said we wanted to slow the spread. We wanted to flatten the curve. And we started telling all of the healthy people, don't go to work, don't go to school, don't go to church, don't go to businesses except the special businesses that we've decided were the essential and all the non-essential businesses are going to stay closed and you stay home from everything else. But then there was another strategy that we were also worried about. We wanted to make sure that the health systems are going to be available. And then we started to say we need to protect the most vulnerable. And we had a weird opposite contradictory strategy to do that. And now the side effects are coming to light. And in six states specifically, more than 60% of the death toll is actually in the elderly population is what we're seeing. High uh, focus concentration death. And even though we knew from the beginning, again, the experts that you weren't supposed to be listening to were saying this coronavirus, it's not a new thing. In fact, people were pointing out, hey, there's coronavirus on the back of my Lysol can. Maybe I should use this for a cure. And people were saying, don't do that. Coronavirus wasn't new. This was just a novel version of the coronavirus. And we knew that it was dangerous for the elderly people, but we had a different strategy for elderly people, not the traditional version of, oh yeah, let's protect those people by keeping them in quarantine or isolation. No, we were quarantining and isolating the healthy people. What was the strategy for the elderly people? Oh, well, we were actually going to 
heard them together. That was what they straight up said. And we had governors in places like New Jersey and New York and Connecticut and Pennsylvania and in Michigan and Wisconsin. They're all saying, hey, let's send the elderly, even though they went to hospitals and some of them not only were exposed to COVID-19, but some of them actually had COVID-19 and we're sending them back to their long-term elderly care facilities and we're putting them together. Well, of course, that created more issues, and now we know why so many of them were dying together. So the primary responsibility in the beginning, when everybody was coming out at us and they were making these accusations, people like myself, who's kind of like, hey, are we sure that this is a strategy we're supposed to take? Is it really a good idea to like stop everything? They're like, you want to kill grandma? Actually, you did kill grandma with these stupid tactics. And then you get Governor Cuomo on the television like, well, we were just trying to follow the recommendations from President Trump and, and the CDC. Well, he said the wrong words, but he was half right. They did get recommendations from somewhere. The recommendations come from uh, Alphabet Soup, the ever-expanding bureaucracy, the CMS, which is the health department part, uh, the portion of that department that's responsible for, you know, Medicaid, Medicare. They said back on Friday the 13th in March, this notice went out and said, yes, do take elderly patients back from the hospitals and put them in a you know, a separate floor or a separate wing back there in your elderly long-term care facilities. The idea, though, was because they wanted to make sure, because they were anticipating these massive overrun of the hospitals, they wanted to make sure that the hospitals were available. I'm wondering, though, but if we already know some of these elderly people have these very disease that we're trying to make sure they are available for treating them in the hospital, why would you take them out of the hospital? That's the logic that they're not using. If you have seen my videos before, I'll just recommend one real quick, Fear Being the Mind Killer, which yes, that's a quote, but it's an exact example of what's going on here. Bible tells us, okay, fear, uh, we don't have a spirit of fear. We have peace, love, and a sound mind. But it helps you to understand, you just flip it the other way, what fear does, it turns all of those things off. It takes away your peace, and ruins your ability to love other people, and it turns off the sound mind. So they aren't making sound decisions here. They're making stupid decisions here. And now we have two contradictory strategies. This disease is so dangerous, we have to take the healthy people and isolate them. This disease is so dangerous, we have to take the most vulnerable people and herd them together. Does that make any sense? It absolutely doesn't make any sense, but this is exactly what they did. And in these six states specifically, people, well, Wolf, Wartmer, and Cuomo were following the recommendations of the CMS and putting the, help, the vulnerable people together. And of course, they're dying in massive numbers. And the very thing that we were accusing people of in the beginning, that we needed to protect the elderly people, is the very thing that we failed at, and now they were dying. So, but... Where did that fear, where did these numbers, where did these projections come from? I mentioned in an earlier video, well, they had Neil Ferguson in the Imperial College, all of the uh, global warming, all climate alarmism people over there on the other side of the ocean. But over here, we had the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the IHME over here. They're projecting massive numbers. They're saying, oh, hundreds of thousands of people. Their numbers weren't all that different from the Imperial College people. Then these are the guys who are saying, you need to do this. We need to clear out the hospitals. We need to be ready for a massive overrun. So these people over here at the CDC, the Department of Health and Human Services, the CMS, they're just trying to get ready for what they were told. But they were these people over here at IHME, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, they were off by as much as 95%. We never saw the huge spike like they said was coming. So I'm suggesting, here's the thing. These people that are wrong 
all of the time. And they are just allowed to adjust their numbers all the time. What if they actually had to face a consequence for these things? Because they're out there making recommendations, they're out there throwing out their models, they're out there telling us we need to be scared, we need to be aware, we need to make adjustments, we need to prepare, we need to do take some course of action. They're not just throwing out their numbers for no reason. Why do they get to be abdicated from any responsibility? They're throwing out their numbers because they are trying to influence our decisions, they are trying to influence the future. So we need to tell them, hey, you need to take responsibility. You need to be held accountable. So let's do that. Let's hold these, hold these governors accountable. Let's hold these officials accountable. These health officials like the gender bender in Pennsylvania who knew better. This person actually took their family member out because they could see the danger. They knew they had enough awareness and said, yeah, actually, if we do that, people are going to die. I don't want my family to die. So let me just take mine out of the way and put everybody else's in danger. Yeah. You don't tell me that you don't know what's going on. You absolutely knew what was going on. So yeah, hold those people accountable. Hold CMS accountable because they're absolutely all recommending contradictory strategies. That doesn't make sense. At least bring them into a court, indict them, do something, make them explain and justify themselves and do the same thing with these IHME individuals. But I don't want to stop there because you know what? We're looking at the same kind of a situation. These aren't the only governmental people, the only departments where we see this kind of corruption, where we see these people abusing their, their positions of power to try to influence things in the nation, to try to guide the people in the direction where they think, oh, we want to see specific ends and I'm in a position where we can influence the direction of the people, of the public, and we have a goal, we have an agenda, let's use our position to influence and create our end means or use our means to create our end goal because you know what people actually do now that they know we see these things happening we want to see consequences and there's no better example of a desire to see consequences than is all this Obamagate stuff that's coming to light now now that the documents have been declassified and we're hearing oh who said this and who said that and who entrapped who and who was falsely accused everybody's wanting to know when is somebody going to go to prison and that's just a good example of the fact that deep down inside we do expect people to pay for things. And that's right there is probably the best example also of the divide that there is in this nation and the fact that there are people who believe that they can reach a particular point where they just assume the power and the responsibility on themselves and they don't have to take into consideration all the other folks. And they have forgotten the original founding of this nation, the way that it works, and the fact that they actually are accountable to us. The nation is founded on we the people, by the people, for the people, the consent of the governed. They represent us, not the other way around. They work for us, not the other way around. This is an upside down country and they forget it all the time. And this is a good example of the establishment versus we the people. And the we the people need to hold these usurpers, these traitors, we need to hold them accountable. Let's start with Comey, Clapper, and Rosenstein, Rosenstein, however you say his name, I don't know. But let's hold these people accountable. And then, you know what? Let's go after that. We know now there was a big meeting in the Oval Office and General Flynn was exposed. His name was dropped and he was targeted and everybody who was in that office that day at the very least they knew something wrong was happening they should be charged with something object, uh, obstruction of justice or some sort of negligence you pick a different crime for different people depending on you know whatever sort of a plea that they could arrange but they should not be getting off scot-free again just like the scientists we're not just making mistakes here we're not just throwing out information here no you are involved 
you had opportunity, you have the, obviously a agenda of your own and the future is at stake and you have a role to play and you didn't take your responsibility or you abused your position and there should be consequences. Consequences are important. And the people of this nation obviously expect people to pay a consequence, to have some sort of justice when the person who is in a position of authority doesn't either either they don't represent that authority the right way or they abuse the power that comes with that authority and they do something wrong. And I'm not just saying that because I read a really good book called Mere Christianity by a brilliant author called C.S. Lewis and he talks about the first chapter of the fact that he Deep down inside, we all understand there's this objective morality that's the natural law that we all want to appeal to. Now, that's a really good book, by the way, but you know what? Every time humanity gets an opportunity to prove this, we do, and it's happening right now in Minnesota. And this is probably the biggest story in the nation right now. In fact, I'm redoing the whole video to make sure that I cover this properly. So, George Floyd, we, know that a man made, you know, probably made a mistake, or maybe he did it on purpose. Either way, the poor guy, it was supposed to be, you know, getting arrested or being detained or taken into police custody, and the police officer murders the man in front of several people. And the justice that was pursued, at least in the immediate, was the, all the police officers involved are fired, and there's going to be an FBI investigation. But to, here's the thing where it swings the other way. There's all of the sensationalism that erupts nationwide as a response, and the fact that we, didn't, we were not willing to wait for the justice to be given. They wanted to take it. They wanted to find some way to use this incident and go and take some sort of justice for themselves. And so now you've got what started off as some sort of a protest in the street that erupts into riots. And now the people who are living in this community, they are straight up destroying their own community, pillaging, breaking and entering. Uh, they are looting and arson, they burned down buildings. They burned down a housing project for low-income families. This thing was huge, and they burned it to the ground. And last night, they broke in and burned a police precinct. This is crazy what's happening in that community. So, of course, now they're doing, it's going to be bring in the guard and bring in the SWAT and take over the streets. And here's the thing. Everybody who's doing something wrong needs to have the consequence. It's not just the police at this point because you know what? We need enough people out there who will stand up and say two lefts don't make a right, two wrongs don't make a right. Just because he does something wrong doesn't mean you get to do something wrong. This is something parents say to their children all the time. And it doesn't change just because you get big, you grow up, and you're looking at real world problems, and you see something that just makes you feel really deep and disturbed on, you know, deep down inside emotionally, mentally, and anguish after we've been locked up for a couple of months unjustly, you don't just freak out and go start burning your community, which makes absolutely no sense. But this is what we're seeing right now, and the consequences are necessary. We need to see it happen. But you know what? We also need voices of reason to stand up and help people understand what is actually happening here. We're seeing a bunch of people who are breaking all kinds of laws, not just the laws of society, but the laws that were given to us from a long time ago. The natural law that I'm referring to, the laws against our fellow man. Okay, we need people who will stand up in the community and not buy into all the sensationalism that's happening with the news right now because, and I'm saying that on purpose, it's not like there's a systemic 
racism that's happening. There's no individual laws that are written to create racism in our society, but there is personal sensationalism that happens to continue to flame the emotional divide between the races. And they do that on purpose sometimes. When you see opportunities like this, something happens and people run in big time media voices or on the ground, people who would like to see the opportunity. You know what? I'm just really frustrated. And especially in cities like Minnesota where they've had tensions for a while and they just capitalize. Here's an opportunity. Let's go in. Let's inflame the passions. Let's take advantage of the situation and let's sensationalize and let's burn the city to the ground and flame everything, passions and buildings. It's sad to see, but we need voices who'll stand up and tell the truth about this and say, you know what? We're breaking the oldest, the greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, who's my neighbor? That was the biggest question back then. Hey, how about this for your neighbor? The guy laying on the side of the road who just happens to be of another culture, another class, another nation, another race, you have nothing in common with him and he needs your help. Oh, and by the way, he has no ability to pay it back. You have absolutely no knowledge of his life. You don't know if he's ever going to be able to return the favor, but that's the person who needs you, who you see, and you have it currently in your ability to do something for him. That's your neighbor. So that's the story there. And then what about, okay, we need people both white and black and every race that you can imagine standing up right now and saying, you know what's right and what's wrong. Loving each other would be right. And you know what's wrong? Hey, murder's wrong, like the police officer did, and stealing and destroying people's property. Yeah, that's wrong. Commandments six and eight. Let's not do that either. And we need to stand up and say these things. And everybody needs to be insisting that we impose the rule of law and that we have consequences because, again, they're necessary. Anarchy, not okay. We need to say this for the benefit of the society because this country, this nation, the government of this nation, this what we refer to as the great experiment in America, all of these things were founded back at the beginning. The founders believed it was all fit for a righteous and moral people, and it would not be fit for any other kind of people. Now, we could all say that we're going to be righteous and moral because we believe in Christian biblical worldview, or you could, maybe you're not somebody who believes in that, but you can at least believe in the necessity to be good, right people for the sake of government. Now, either way, what we do need is a government who's like Romans 13 government, who's going to step in and impose the consequences and the punishments and the justice when necessary. And if it's not going to do it, then this whole thing, the great experiment that is the United States, the city on a hill that we all love so much, it's going to have been failed. It's 200 plus years of a beautiful economy, a beautiful society, a wonderful experiment, e pluribus unum, it's all going to come to an end. And this is why we need to stand up and say, no, it's not okay to just let these people go. They're not just mistakes. These are intentional. All these people were doing things that were wrong and it's not right to just let them go. 
It's time for consequences. It's time for punishments. Just like a father who looks at a child who sees them do wrong, they don't just let that go. It's not good for the child to let it go. It's not good for the family to let it go. It's not good for society to just let a child go unpunished because they need to be trained. They need to be corrected. They need to be instructed. It's for the benefit of everyone when justice is administered and sometimes it requires, in cases like these, Sometimes big deals, sometimes a lot of correction, a lot of instruction, sometimes big punishment. Somebody, sometimes some of these people, they need to go to jail and all of us needs to see it. An example must be made because if we don't do it to these people, you can bet your bottom dollar there will be more coming and we cannot withstand it. We absolutely can't. So that is today's message. And I know it's an intense one, but I really appreciate you sticking around if you finish this video. I do hope that you'll come back and watch others. I hope again that you will share this with your friends. I am Dave, and this is Right A Week, where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters. <laughs>